Let's pray. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for bringing us into your eternal kingdom through faith in your Son. And we pray that this morning you receive our praise and worship and open the treasure box in heaven. Give us light, illumine your word, and let it shine into our soul and guide our life so that we might live in a world hostile to you, but we shall have the wisdom how to glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. Um, the, the theme of today's sermon, I announced it as, What is a life pleasing to God? Um, this morning, I um, decided to change it to going up the floors of sanctification. Okay, uh, It is um, more, I guess, um, specific for this uh, passage, which is 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 to 12. Last week, I introduced to you one entertainer, Teresa Teng, who is from Taiwan. She is a Christian who is a great singer who promotes goodness uh, in her songs, and then she is greatly influential in China. Over a billion fans. Whoever can you find out over a billion fans? And who is also positive and promoting goodness? Very few. Okay. So in order not to say that I'm favoring just a secular singer, because she doesn't glorify her, you know, publicize her Christian identity that much. But today I'm going to introduce you to another person, which is related to our theme for today. I'm going to introduce you to the life of Xiaomin, Okay, Xiao means small, Min means sensitive, smart. Okay, so uh, Lu Xiaomin, uh, her last name is Lu uh, or Lu, uh, so literally means little smart Lu. <laughs> okay, she is a proficient hymn or songwriter in the Chinese house church. I, I guess by your standard, none of those are hymns, they're songs. Okay, um, she was born in a poor peasant family in Henan province, central China. Um, almost given away at the age of two. But her family became Christian in the great revival of the 1980s in China. So in 1980, between 1980 to 2000, in 20 years, God the Holy Spirit shed so much grace in this country that the church in China grew from 1 million to 60 million in 20 years. So there has never been such great progress in the size, at least, in the Christian history. So it was a great act of God. So right now, China is no longer considered a unreached country. It's considered a reached country. Actually, the Chinese church now starts to send missionaries, and they're rising up among you know the, the top missionary-sending country, of course, the United States. The second one is Korea, and China is rising up in that. And most of their idea is to send missionaries to the Muslim world. So, because uh, they believe that gospel always goes westward from, from Jerusalem to Europe, Europe to America, America to Asia, and from China back to Jerusalem. So that's what they believe. Anyway, uh, so the smart li little smart Lou, <laughs> she um, only had seven grades of education, and she was never trained in music. But from the age of 19, she starts to sing Christian songs with lyric and tune together. It surprised everybody. And she doesn't even know how to write down the music, not even in the simplified, you know, with the one, two, three, four, <laughs> which I was trained in. Um, so 
uh, her brother started writing down her songs, and then others started to write it down, and she's just just recorded with audio tapes. Okay, and then how many did she write? Well, in this one songbook called Jiangnan Shi Jian, which means Songs for the Land of Canaan, it means you know waiting for the promised land, kind of like that. So in that songbook, it collected more than a thousand songs. Okay, and she produced more later. Uh, probably still now, uh, but I think the best were written <laughs> in the earlier part of her life, from 19, let's say, to 39. Um, she was probably my age, slightly younger. Um, and these songs are very popular in the Chinese house church. By the way, how big is Chinese house church? Among the 60 million born again during those before 2000, about 80 percent are in the house church. Okay, the other are in the state church. So. The church still growing, growing now. So you know, this is also a person who has great influence. Okay, and I'm going to introduce you one song to you, which I learned when I was serving in the Chinese house church. Those in the church know that I was a missionary to China for 13 years before I came here as a pastor for the last 10 years. Okay, um, when I was in China, I was teaching, training the house church pastors with theology. Uh, they already know the Bible, they just don't know how to harmonize. I'm training them theology. And then they teach me spiritual life and many good songs. Okay? And they're very uplifting. And here is one of those that I fell in love with. Okay? I'll give you the English translation, I'll read it through, then I'll sing for you. Okay? Uh, the title is uh, Money Cannot Satisfy Me. Okay? Money cannot satisfy me. Position cannot satisfy me. Relatives cannot satisfy me. Parents cannot satisfy me. The emptiness of my heart is too much to contain. Nothing in the world can satisfy me. Only the love of the Lord is so wonderful and good. He is the best friend of my life. From an infant to a youth, from youth to having white hairs, I want nothing except Jesus. I want nothing Except Jesus. So let me sing for you. 无法在忍受世上没有什么能使我满足唯有主的爱是那样的美好它是我一生最好的朋友从孩童到少年从少年到白头我什么都不要只要耶稣我什么都不要只要耶稣我什么都不要只要耶稣 You probably get the word Yesu, right? <laughs> it means Jesus. <laughs> I'll put it in the Chinese pinyin there. <laughs> so you could get it. Okay. So, this song is related to what Paul is talking about in this passage of the Bible we're studying. It's about sanctification. A life worth living is a life 
of sanctification. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 4, 1-2, Finally then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus, and as you received from us instruction as to how you ought to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk, that you excel still more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. Okay. He said that we request and exhort. So Paul was giving a request. A request is an expectation, something that you should achieve. Okay, so it in a sense it's a demand. Okay, and he's also giving an exhortation, which is encouragement. It is actually your decision to reach that. I want you to be there, but it's your decision to reach that, and I encourage you. That's called exhortation. Okay, so it's both a request and an exhortation. We must remember that the Christian life has three stages: justification. Sanctification and glorification. Okay, justification is you being justified. You're declared just or righteous or forgiven before God. That all your sins have been carried away by Jesus on the cross, and all Christ's righteousness is now shared by you. You know, in Texas we still have the joint account once you get married, right? That's a good illustration. Okay, the 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 husband's assets is now shared by the woman once you are married. Okay, Christ has infinite righteousness. He only is the man who hasn't sinned. And the church, once we are believers of Jesus, three things happen to us: the Father adopts us, the 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 Son gives us a marriage contract, and then the Holy Spirit gives us a spiritual birth called regeneration. Okay, basically. A second creation. Okay, so the works of this Trinity, the three persons Trinity, gave us a new life in Christ Jesus in the household of God, not as children anymore, but as sons. Right, means heirs of the assets of God or the estate of God, and the fellow rulers of the kingdom of God to come. So that is God's grace. Okay? Justification is this act of God. It's solely Based on God's sovereign grace, okay, not related to us believers. Actually, we accept a gift reactively. God started it. He says, "I love you. I've chosen you. I give you a gift." We simply reactively accept it through a restored free will. Okay. In other words, we are not forced to accept love. That would be rape. Okay, we agreed to accept the love, but this agreement comes after having a restored free will, which wasn't there before. We had a will, but it was a corrupted will. It was a bound will. It was a slaved will to sin. Natural men do not like a holy God who will judge sin. Natural men hate God. Okay, if you don't, that means you have experienced something supernatural already. That God 
has not only chosen you before in the before the foundation war, he has led the Holy Spirit to give you a new birth. It's called a regeneration. Your spirit, which is the innermost part of you, spirit, soul, and body, right? The highest is the most inner inner part, that your spirit has already been born again. And because the Holy Spirit recreated your spirit, he lives in your spirit. Thus, you're alive in a sense of being connected to God. Okay? Only after you have been reborn can your conscience be revived that you will now agree with God in what is right and what is wrong. And your mind can think logically now, so you know that it will be foolish to uh, to be fighting against a holy and infinite God. <laughs> it will be wise to accept God's love and forgiveness, so you accept Jesus' payment for your sins, and um, you decide to live for his honor. And that's when your mind can think logically, and your will make a decision to believe and to obey, and your heart will start to feel the goodness, the sweetness of God. And therefore, you can use all of your strength to live a life of Christ in you, and others will see the glory of Christ in you. That's how salvation happens. It starts from God regenerating your spirit, reviving your conscience, reviving your mind, and then straighten up your will, let you feel God in your heart, and then collect all your strength, then all your body live in obedience. You see, it's spirit, soul, and body. And in your soul, you have the conscience, mind, will, heart, and strength. Okay, So that's why God, Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your mind, soul, um, heart, and strength. That you shall is your decision of the will. With your mind is your thought. Your heart is your feeling. Your soul, the deepest part of your soul is your conscience and your strength, which is related to the body. Okay, So Jesus is saying, whole person, okay, all of your soul, you need to love God. And the salvation, we use this word usually to mean having eternal life. Sometimes uh, just mean the first part, justification. Actually, salvation includes all three. But having the first one guaranteed having the third one. Okay? It doesn't guarantee the second one, actually. You see, the first and the third are all soul acts of God. Okay? Your justification is simply God's action, and so will be your glorification. But sanctification, which is not an event, but a process that happens in between, in sanctification, it is both a gift and a demand of God. However, it succeeds by the cooperation of the saved human with the Holy Spirit. You can be saved and not cooperating with the Holy Spirit and show no sign of salvation. These are called the seeds in the thorns and thistles. Okay? The nutrition is taken away, but so you don't bear fruit. Yes, there are people who are like this. Those who say that if you're saved, you must show signs that we expect. If you don't show it, you're not saved. That is legalism. Okay? There are four soils, not three. Okay, there are four soils. The third soil are those who are saved but do not appear to be sanctified. It's not a glorified place to be, but it is a fact. Okay, So, <clears throat> Paul is urging 
all Christians, starting from the Thessalonians, he's urging all of us to not only be saved, justified by believing in Jesus, which means you will expect glorification, okay, the resurrection. But you should also voluntarily to join the efforts of the Holy Spirit to be sanctified, to made sanctus, holy. Okay, that means separated from the world, closer to God than to sin. Okay, that is a decision by us. It's expected, it is demanded, okay? But if we refuse, we won't lose self, I mean, salvation. But it shows that you don't really know God. Okay? You don't appreciate love. When love is not appreciated, the relationship is dead. Okay? And it's, if there's no return, there's no real relationship. It's dead relationship. Okay? It's not a pleasant relationship, at least. Okay? So let's not to have that. So Paul said, I gave you <clears throat> these instructions so on in the Lord Jesus and by the authority of the Lord Jesus. Paul's requests are from the highest authority, from God, through Christ, by the mouth of the apostle and his team. And he said, you received from us instruction and you know what commandments we gave you. You see, instructions are teachings for guidance. They're suggested. Um, uh, they, but they are also commandments, that, that means demanded actions, rules of conduct. Christians should and must do and do not do certain things. There is a standard for being a Christian. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> he said, as to how you ought to walk and please God. To walk in Christ is to practice in the professed faith in Christ, making the name Christian consistent with the behavior in life. We already said that before. Every one of us who believe in Jesus, our last name in heaven is Christian. Okay? Xavier Christian and Dai Ching Christian. Okay? We have the same last name because we're part of the church, which is the bride of Christ, which carries the name of Christ. All right? And since you carry his name, you ought to live to honor his name. Okay? Yes, there are things that you should do. There are things that you shouldn't do. There are boundaries. You can enjoy your life, but within the boundary, because you have to give account to your Lord. Okay? And that's the wisdom we learn from Ecclesiastes. Okay? And uh, uh, walking in Christ, it's more than walking with legs. Do any of you remember Lieutenant Dan? <laughs> in the movie uh, uh, Forrest Gump. I like that movie. You know, it, Forrest Gump, I feel identifying with him. You know, not the smartest guy, but very blessed for being just simple and straightforward. Okay. Um, Lieutenant Dan, he was listening to the sermon from Billy Graham, I guess, and then he says, you shall walk with God. And he says, he's resisting. He says, walk? Can I walk? You know, <laughs> so uh, he's resisting, but later he surrendered. Okay, he believed. So, yeah, walking with God is not is more than walking with legs. It means practicing your professed faith. You behave in a certain way, not just saying it, you do it. Okay? Uh, the word, the goal of walking in Christ is pleasing God. Okay? Not only receiving God's love, but loving him back through obedience. And by the way, pleasing God is a natural desire of the saved. Okay? 
you should have it. And if you don't have it, and, uh, the, your genealogy, spiritual genealogy, is in question. Okay? If you're born of your human father and mother, you ought to have some resemblance. Some, okay? A little bit, at least. Okay? Sometimes more to one than to the other. But if you have none, then people are going to question, hey, are, <laughs> are you really born from them? Right? So if you're born from your heavenly father, you ought to have some resemblance to his character, right? And he loves you, you ought to love him back. And that is to obey his commands, right? And if you have none of those, then it does question your spiritual geniality. Are you really born again? Or are you saying it without the reality? No. Pleasing God is a natural desire of the saved. It results in further blessings, but it is not done for it. See, obedience brings blessings. That's truth. Disobedience brings discipline. That is truth. However, your obedience to God should not be done for the blessings. It's done because of your gratefulness. Okay? You thank God. You're grateful to God for having chosen you and forgiven you and redeemed your sin through Christ, and which none of you deserve. You are already grateful, so you want to obey. And if it brings blessing later, great. Even if you don't see the blessing, you still say, I want to obey because I want to please my Father. Right? So you obey. It usually brings blessing, but you shouldn't do it for the blessing. Because if you do it for the blessing... You put in condition for the obedience. Okay? And uh, sometimes that could, uh, I would say, block God's will for you to know him better. God sometimes allows us to go through different difficulties in life. Agree? Yeah. And uh, do you believe that he only allows difficulties in our life for our good? Do you believe that? If you believe, raise your hand. Okay, good. Because this enables you to live through your life and to know God better and receive his plan for you. Okay? Because I have come to the realization that people who have never experienced any difficulties in life, their character usually are immature. Okay? And those who have experienced great difficulties, and lived through it, their characters are much better. They're kinder, they're more understanding of other people, and uh, they're more helpful. Okay, And uh, therefore, recognize that we receive difficulties in life because God has a great plan for us. Okay? To train you for greater roles, you must go through training which is difficult in life. And those are for your good. You accept this, you learn in the process, you grow, you become greater. Okay. If you start to question God's character and the, uh, his love, then you're going to miss the lesson and you'll be stunted in growth. So let's just recognize 
The walking in Christ is to please God. It may bring blessings. Sometimes it's delayed blessing. It's okay. You take it and you learn and you grow. Just as you actually do walk. So the Thessalonians are not accused by Paul for not walking in Christ. They do. Paul knows it and he commands it. Okay? So he's not giving them instructions on this issue because they are not doing it. It's simply because the prevalence of it in the society around. Okay? So now he gave three standards of holiness. Okay? And he said, oh, that you should excel still more. Uh, Christians should always try to go to a higher floor of sanctification in holiness, righteousness, goodness, faithfulness, etc. Etc., etc. As in King and I. <laughs> so, uh, Christians can uh, never say, I have arrived. There is always a higher ground to go to. Uh, and Christ said in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5, 48, Therefore you are to be perfect, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. God, our Father, is perfect. Our goal is to become like him in perfection. We can never arrive in this life, but we must never stop trying. Okay, That's called sanctification. So you have levels of sanctification or holiness. The first level of holiness, level one, is sexual purity. Okay, Paul said in verse 3 to 6, For this is the will of God, your sanctification. That is, that you abstain from sexual immorality. That each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. And that no man transgress and defraud his brother in the matter because the Lord is the avenger in all these things. Just as we also told you before, and solemnly warned you. He said, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. God wants us not only to be saved and have eternal life, but also to be sanctified and behave in Christ's honor to the world. We are his ambassadors. Where do the world, where do the people of the world know about Jesus Christ? From the lives of the Christians. We carry Jesus' name card. If we carry this name card and live a life contrary to God's nature, we are dishonoring God. Okay, So God wants us to be sanctified, not just justified. And the level one of sanctification is that you abstain from sexual immorality. Sexual purity is level one in sanctification upon which all other levels are built on. No matter how a person knows about the Bible, no matter how much he can teach theology, if he is sexually immature, all his credibility is gone. Okay? This is level one. And the sexual immorality is defined by the Old Testament laws. For example, go read Leviticus 18. It's very detailed. Okay? And you can summarize them and you get the general picture, the spirit of the law, which applies to us today. We are, as Christians, we're not under the law, we're under the grace. But we do understand the spirit of the law, which we can apply to us today. 
Okay, so what are sexual immoralities? Number one is adultery. It's the re it means extramarital sexual relationship. Okay, and it is used as the representative of all these sins in the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments: Thou shalt not commit adultery. Okay, literally means you do not have sex with another man's wife. Okay, so this is called extramarital relationship. However, there are others in the case laws that correspond to this. Okay, we, we found the correspondence right in, in in the structure. So, what are other sexual immoralities? Well, number two is called fornication. It means premarital relationship. Okay, you do not have sex before you are married. That is a sin. What if you have done that? Confess, you're forgiven. Don't do it again. Okay, but if you continue doing it, that is a sin. It's uh, unrepentance. It's going to bring God as the avenger. Consequences of these kind of sins are severe. Okay? So number three is homosexuality. Okay, God created man and the women. He created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Okay, because God. Created man and woman so that they might reproduce to fill the world. A man and woman can do that. A man and man and woman and woman cannot do that. It's not God's goal of creation. Okay. And uh, uh, number four is incest. That is having sexual relationship with people in the nuclear family. Okay, uh, cross generation or between siblings. And why is this? This actually was inserted to the moral codes after the flood. Actually, after Moses, before the flood, there were no radiations passing through the upper water, so the people have perfect genes, and there is no uh, what do you call them In, uh, inherited uh, diseases. Okay. Um, Genetic uh, diseases. There's no such thing. Therefore, it was not morally forbidden. However, after the flood, radiation came in. Genes were damaged. Therefore, if the damages are in the same place in the two strands of uh, base pairs, okay, the, you have two strands that form your DNA. Okay, it's a ladder, and you get twisted into a um, helix, right? So. Uh, it's, it's straightened up. It's a ladder. So one side from the father, one side from the mother. It combined together. If you have damage in the same place, it will exhibit to become the real disease. But if it's damaged in a different place, then the good one repairs the bad one, and then you appear fine. You carry a problem, but it doesn't appear to be a problem. Okay? So that's why after the flood, gradually the, the, these damages accumulate until the time of Moses. It's definitely a problem. So God gave the rules that marriage should not be uh, sexual, a relationship should not happen in the family who have close um, damages. All right. So people who are from far relationship, their damages are different. You don't appear to have a problem. Okay, you just carry it. Uh, but um, incest will bring the problem. So it became a moral problem. So you must recognize that early humanity did marry between siblings. But that's not a moral problem because it was not a physiological problem. Okay, but after the flood, gradually until the time of Moses, uh, it became 
a physiological problem and also a moral problem. And so incest is wrong, and the bestiality, the relationship between men and the animals, is also uh, dishonoring God, who created in their kinds, each life in their kinds. And you cross kinds boundary, that's dishonoring God. And rape, that's wrong, um, without in uh, consent, sexual relationship without consent. And pre-puberty, uh, to have child molestation and rape, that's having sex with pre-puberty people. Okay. That's the worst of all sexual uh, evils. Okay, So he said, these are defined by the Old Testament law. And Paul said that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. So, when he said vessel, he means there's something that living in the vessel. The persons live in the vessel. The vessel is the body. The person is the soul with the spirit in the soul. So humans in the Bible, biblical worldview, are composed of an immaterial part, which is your spirit in the soul. They are always together. They can only distinguish by the word of God, but they can never be separated. For if they're separated, you die. Okay? But the, the vessel for the person is your body. Okay. Your soul can leave the body and live forever, uh, either in heaven or in hell. Okay, And then at the end, everybody will have a body, resurrected body, either for heaven or hell, uh, depending on whether you're in Christ, Jesus. And uh, so this body is nothing but a vessel. Okay, The body is also called the flesh. Okay? And uh, the flesh contains the sinful nature, which means your propensity to, propensity to fall. When you are tempted, okay. In other words, you're no longer straightforward, 50-50% uh, choosing uh, righteousness or evil. That's free, the free will. After Adam sinned, everybody is bent toward evil. So whenever you are tempted, you fall. You have a propensity to propensity to fall, inclination to fall. Okay, to, to temptations. That is called a sinful nature. The sinful nature is written in our DNA. It's a holistic thing. It's not one DNA that you can correct either. Okay, so uh, the flesh contains the sinful nature, but the flesh is not equal to sinful nature. The flesh has a good side. Okay, it is a blessing to live in the flesh in time and space. Having a body so that you can do things to rewrite history. Whatever you do will be recorded. God has a videotape of everything. Okay, so whatever you do will be recorded in history. You can influence the record of the history for within the time, which will be recorded for eternity to come. It is a blessing to have a body. The demons float in the air. They want to have a body. They couldn't. That's why they try to get into humans, you know, possession. So. It is good to have a body. It's good to have a flesh. To enjoy the food. And if you're married, enjoy the sex. <laughs> and you can see, you can hear, you can taste, you can touch. All of those senses are blessings for the flesh. The flesh has a good side. The bad side is it contains the sinful nature. So don't equal the flesh with sinful nature. They're not the same. But it just contains the sinful nature. Okay? So the, in the biblical worldview. We are souls living in a vessel. And supposedly your soul, your person, should be, take control of the vessel. The captain should run the ship. The ship doesn't run the captain. So that's why 
in the Bible, they uh, God wants us to become spiritual person. That means your spirit runs your soul, your soul runs your body. Not fleshly person. That means your flesh runs your soul and your soul runs your spirit. That's the upside down people. Okay, and uh, uh, that's not the ideal. Okay, so to be sanctified is to be made holy. In other words, separated from the world and being close to God's moral nature. To have honor is to be honorable among men, a position that harms no one and people admire. Okay. Each of you should know how to possess, take control of your own vessel, your body, and in sanctification and in honor. Okay. What did I just do? I did a 40-day fast and pray, right? It is actually an act of declaring the soul, my spirit and soul, declaring lordship over the body, the flesh. Okay? Holy Spirit lives in my spirit and impressed me to make a contract with God to pray for something which is beyond my control. I will appear to be more weaker so that God can show that he is stronger. That's the purpose of fast and prayer. And doing 40 days is pretty long, uh, but... As you see, it's not that hard. <laughs> I can do it. So can you. If you, of course, train your body to do it. But the, all it does is to declare a lordship, mastery of the spirit and soul over the body and flesh. Okay? God runs me, which is my spirit and soul. I run my body. Okay? Not the other way around. Okay? And that is the position that God has given us the mastery over our flesh. We have that position. We're no longer a slave. Okay? Don't fall back to it. So to have honor is to be honoring, uh, honorable among men. You harm no one and people admire you. Okay? And uh, sexual purity is one of those. Not in lustful passions like the Gentiles who do not know God. There is no born identity in any of the sexual sins. They are nothing but lustful passions. Right now, the homosexual, somebody will say, oh, we're born this way. Nonsense. Uh, they become this way because of some reason in their life, usually abused by other people, and then they seek for something they're familiar with. That's usually the case, not always the case. So there is no such born identity. If you agree with that, pretty soon somebody's going to say, I'm born to be a, born to be a pedophile. And you can't blame him. That's just the next step. If you allow one, it's a slippery slope. Okay. So all humans after Adam and Eve are born with a sinful nature. It wars against the remaining conscience and can become the master of it. Okay. We have a conscience as image of God in us. It is corrupted. Uh, it may be seared, but you always have a remaining. Your flesh and the sinful nature in it wars against it. And it can become his master if allow it. Okay? Only for the Gentiles who do not know God that the mastery of sinful nature over the conscience is not only accepted, but also glorified. Okay? Then the word Gentiles is actually originally uh, nations. It is better translated as heathens, for it will include Israel or the Jews when they do not know God through Christ and they go heathen in practice. Okay? You know, after Jesus came, if you don't know Jesus, you don't know God. So the Jews who do not know Jesus, they don't know God either. Okay, And if they really practice Talmud, which justifies pedophilia, they are going heathen. Okay, So they will be among the Gentiles who do not know God. 
So stop worshiping a special race as holy people. There's no such people. Okay. And only Jesus is holy. Okay. And the, the word heathen means practice, not bloodline. Okay. And uh, that no man transgresses and defraud his brother in the matter. All sexual sins are a uh, robbery, which means transgression and fraud, against someone of something precious. Let me list them. Adultery is robbing the husband of his wife. Okay? Fornication is robbing the maiden her purity. Uh, homosexuality is robbing each other proper sense of life and robbing God his honor and goal in creation. Incest is robbing the family member honor and the proper sense of life. Bestiality is robbing the human, the animal, and God of their honor. Rape is robbing the weaker person, uh, person the honor and proper sense of life. Child molestation and rape is robbing the child the honor and proper sense of life. It is the worst of all evil, but it is the favorite of Satan. Therefore, Satan who runs the world creates secret, I guess, group of people who do this. And they would demand that you join them in doing this in order to join their group of power. Okay? And what is happening now in America now is that Christians are fighting against these kind of people. Pray that the patriots will be able to defeat the evil. Okay? The globalists are those who honor these practices. Okay. So. And uh, the Lord is the avenger in all these things. Paul said, God will not let go these kinds of aggression without severe punishment. It is terrible for unrepentant sinners to be in the hands of a wrathful, righteous God. Okay. I think a couple of days ago, the United Methodist Church just voted to endorse LGBTQIA+, honoring them as persecuted like Christ and standing with them. I predict there will be another split in that denomination where people who are trying to serve there will say, this is crossing another line. I have to leave. Um, New England Patriots owner just won the Super Bowl, Robert Kraft. He was just arrested and charged for soliciting prostitutes in Florida, according to news media. Actually, if you really look for it, he was charge for soliciting for sexual puppies, which means infant boys. It was a Chinese-run brothel where the madam does human trafficking from China, the infant boys, where they rob from the streets to serve these deviant people. And that's the people that have the money and rule the world. Do you choose to be with them to get money? Or do you choose to, to heck with them? I will keep my purity. Money will, go, will be gone. But your purity will have eternal rewards. Make your choice clear. Don't confuse. Don't be confused. So for God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, but sanctification. So he who rejects this is not rejecting man, but the God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. 
God called Christians to fight against sin and defeat it by the power of the Holy Spirit in order to honor God. Those who reject this command of God is rejecting God. It is questionable on whether they have the Holy Spirit in them. Remember, it's called Holy Spirit. And if you are against holiness, how can you say you have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you? It's really questionable in a spiritual genealogy. And that is only level one of holiness. Level two of holiness is to love and to do goodness to brethren. Now, as to love of the brethren, you have no need for anyone to write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. For indeed, you do practice it toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, to excel still more. Christians ought to love. That means do goodness to give for the needs of other Christians, which is called brethren. Okay, I would call it also sisters, brothers and sisters, I guess, today. But just general, okay. The love is a part of the hierarchy to love. Okay, you ought to love God first, love your family, which is father, mother, and children, okay, husband, wife, and children, your immediate family, second, and then the church, uh, overall universal church, especially the church you go to fellowship with. Okay? You love the members of, in the church, your believers, fellow believers, Okay, third in the place. And the fourth, all people, including non-believers. And the fifth, the world, that is, you through the love, the environment. God created it, you, know, want, you should be responsible. Okay, And then, then number six, you should even love your enemies. Okay, You love the sinners, you don't love their sin. Okay, Your love for the sinners is to... Um, tell them, be kind to them, but tell them that they need to repent in order to have eternal life. That is the best for them. Okay, And if they reject, and so be it. But the love covers the sinners. Okay, But it's sixth in all the order. And the Thessalonians, they are already doing well in it. So they don't need something uh, somebody to write anything for them. Uh, they probably asked Paul, say, could you write us for more guidance for these things? And on this, Paul said, I don't need to write anything for you. You're already doing well. But remember, you never arrive. You can always do more. And finally, holiness level three is financial independence. Verse 11. And to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and attend to your own business and work, with your hands, just as we commanded you, so that you will behave properly toward outsiders, that means non-believers, and not be in any need. Each Christian must work in order to eat. Okay? All of our um, welfare departments should have this verse. He who does not work does not eat. <laughs> yeah, And I do believe that Charity should be the job of the church, not of the state. Because the church collects money by voluntary giving, and those who receive know it, and they will be grateful, and they will turn around to become good to others if they are able. But the state collects money by force. It's taxation. Those who give with grudges, those who take, are never grateful. They never feel enough. They never turn around and become better. They just keep on demanding more and more. It's the evil cycle rather than the good cycle. Okay, We need to privatize 
all charities. Stop taxation. Don't let state get the money and give to the church. That will be controlling. Just stop the taxation and let people give voluntarily to the church. And those who give do good. Those who don't give cannot claim that they have done good, as they do now. So that's my political point of view, and I think it's also biblical. Financial independence and earning enough for one's self and family is a basic honor. Dependence on the church and others is not honorable as a continual way of life. Yes, there are times when you need it, and we ought to see the need of one another and fulfill it. But it's not right to make it a continual way of life, a dependent. Okay, if you can work, earn some money, and support yourself, live a quiet life. Okay, and when you see others having need, if you earn a little more than what's in, enough to su- sustain you, you can give to someone. Okay, remember you give to God first, and then you give to the poor. Okay, so the, in the Bible, the taxa- uh, the uh, tithing, there are three of them. Okay, number one. Is one tenth every year to the temple, and today it will be to the church. Number two is number ten percent every three years. So average hour、uh, is three percent、uh, per year, okay, which give is given to the poor. At that time, will be Levites, widows, and orphans. Okay, so general idea we get it. So we got give to charity about a third than giving to God. And that's our overall giving. Okay, and there's a third which is said: if you have a king, he's going to tithe you, and he never stops at ten percent, <laughs> right? So, yeah, that、um, that's something we, we we can't avoid. And so, give to Caesar, Caesars, and give to God, gods. Okay.、Um, anyway, dependence should not be continual. Unless you belong to one of those categories, like widows and orphans, and maybe there are more categories these days, people who just cannot sustain themselves, then the church will have a duty to help these people.、Okay. Um, and finally,、uh, one must have something before one can give and do good. Okay, so a man, especially, is created to work. That's why I don't believe in retirement. Because you become really tired, but okay.、Uh, so, man, gotta have something to work at. So you have a goal, okay. Even if you retire, you find something to work at, okay. And、uh, um, and you must have something before you can give something, okay. So it's never wrong to seek to become excellent in one's skills to earn more in order to give more, okay. It is an honorable way of life. So Christians should never stop learning in their life. I'm in my fifties. I'm still trying to get my second PhD. Another permanent head damage, you know.、Um, you know why I'm getting the second one, right? Because I got the first one. <laughs>、uh, but you know, it's it's a desire to become excellent in the field that I'm doing now. Okay, and uh, uh, it's, it's a normal way. I don't have to have it, but it would be nice to have it. Okay, so.、Um, It is a honorable way of life. Always seek to be excellent. However, this must be practiced in the realm of not becoming slaves of money and fame. Okay, and、uh, also we should seek 
for excellence in order to practice goodness, but we must not demand perfection from others. We try to be perfect ourselves, but don't demand perfection on others. And also, be content with satisfactory results. Happiness is in contentment. Okay, and if you always want perfection in anything you do, you will always end up with disappointment. Okay, there are brides who want to wear the perfect wedding gown for her. She can search for a hundred. She always find a hundred one, which is better. You see, that's living for perfection, and you got end up with disappointment and very tiredness. Okay, so you just find a good one, satisfactory, and that's enough, right? A man looking for a wife again. You can always find a better looking woman, right? No, okay. Wise man, okay. <laughs> But I'm just saying, generally speaking, okay, you can always find, okay, somebody who seems to be better looking woman, but that's not created for you, okay. And the one for you is the right one, right beside you, okay. And then it is satisfactory. It's created to fill your need. You're created to provide for her need, and that matching is real perfection. Not in the world standard of, you know, this or that. Okay, so don't live for perfection and everything. Be content with satisfactory, but never stop seeking for excellence and to be perfect like your God in moral sense. Don't demand perfection from others and life situations. That's the wisdom of life we can learn from this lesson. Okay, summary. Uh, lessons for life. Christian life is a never-ending going up in the floors of holiness or sanctification. The first three levels of holiness are number one, sexual purity; number two, goodness to fellow believers; and number three, financial independence. Okay, all sins can be forgiven, but non-repentance and glorification of sin are inviting the vengeance from God. And it is terrible for sinners to be in the hands of the righteous and angry God. Okay, let's pray, Heavenly Father. Thank you for giving us your Word that defines what is righteous, and you also giving your Word that promises forgiveness to those who humble who are humble enough to be in Christ Jesus. We pray that you will regenerate. All of our spirits and bring us to sanctification, so that we can honor your name. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you. All right, please stand. <coughs> Words are on the screen.、Uh, I will check out that、uh, money cannot satisfy, and it's good to have music in the sermon. But today we will sing. Something as appropriate. I'd rather have Jesus. Just one verse. Let this be our motto, motto as we go through the week. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be His than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. 
I'd rather be led by his nail-scarred hand and to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. the benediction from the Lord. May the love of God and the mercy of Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with me, with you, with this church, and with all believers in Jesus' name to be developed in holiness and sanctification to honor the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.